turn around every now and then get a Let's do an intermission. Every now and then I fall. Every now and then I fall. Every now and then we lose Dan Frost. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. Hey everybody, thanks for uh, joining us again here for the next chapter of As the Story Grows. My name is Trav, and with me is Steven. Steven, say hi to all the boys and girls. Hi. And uh, we've been uh, we've been blessed with the opportunity to talk to a very, very, very busy young man. Uh, Mr. Dan Frome is uh, going to hang out with us and uh, talk to everybody and tell us some crazy stories about stuff that uh, we definitely want to hear about. So, Dan, how the hell are you? What's up? Doing doing well. Thanks Good. for having me up here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks for yeah, letting yeah. me sit on my couch and stare at my phone and talk to you. The no 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 no. The accommodations were nice. The flight that we sent and the limo oh, and great. everything. <laughs> You're not sitting right, there. Right. Yeah, start over. No, yeah, because we because we have all the time in the world to do like a real podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Or <laughs> we all enter a studio together. <laughs> the chartered flight was all right. I assume. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, catering was, it was all great. Right. The driver was slightly late. <laughs> I'll, I'll, have to, I'll talk to Pierre. I'll have a talk with him. So, just for our listeners who who may not know Mr. Dan Frome here, uh, he's the uh, bassist and engineer of his band Room Runner. 
or for several of your records anyway, right? Yeah, actually, okay. up until last year, the, the last, last Room Runner record was the first thing I didn't record that I've played on right. like in my entire life, basically. Hmm. Yep, yep. The Dan Frome Dome. The Dome. We'll get to the Frome Dome, the but Frome Dome. <laughs> <laughs> and also you're you're uh, the sound the sound engineer for. I've been running, running sound for Future Islands for yeah. the last year and a half or so. Yeah. Yeah, so that's for, yeah, unbelievable. A some good chunk some of people have heard of them. Yeah. They've they've got they got blown up. Yeah, they definitely got blown up. <laughs> so yeah, so we you know and we and I've known you before that all that yeah all that, all that noise and years uh, at least. Yeah, seriously, like to, yeah, I think it was 2005 yeah. when yeah. you came and did some demos for me and stuff. So we've just been friends and uh, you got busy, I got busy. We haven't been talking much, and I thought, man, let's. Let's have Dan on and tell us some crazy tour stories. Or something. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm lame. I mean, like most of my touring experience is nowhere near like the actual like rock and roll craziness of. Oh, I thought you guys were like Motley stuff. Crue or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I tour with them because like they're not insane rock and roll like you know party heads, but it's still yeah, a yeah. blast. You know, Dan, I prefer Dan, that. let's yeah, just so. cut to the chase. This is what the people want to know. How many times have you actually died and been brought back to life by a? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I had to get a blood transfusion from Nikki Six. <laughs> from this. Nice. Yeah, right. That's that. how bad off it was. <laughs> oh my god. No, I think the Be worst thing was like uh, uh, weed edibles on the on the west coast. I like ate a whole bunch of cookies like one night, or like a chunk of like a cake one night before I went to sleep at like three in the morning. It's like cool. I'll just drift off to sleep, and I woke up at six a.m. It was just like blasted is- out of my head, and I couldn't like. Dude, yeah, it was, dude, it was dude, too this is the new way. Dude, this, that ain't might the kind of, this ain't that kind of podcast, all right? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, this is way Jeez. too hardcore, man. <laughs> Settle down. It was a delicious cake, a delicious pastry. <laughs> Snorting coke off of hookers is one thing, but man... Well, you're that is seriously out. probably the worst thing I did. I don't drink alcohol, even, uh, and two of the people, two of the members of Future Islands don't, and we really? will go to, like, juice places, you know. Uh, so everybody's... So, so Future Island guys are pretty healthy guys. Overall, yeah, yeah, for sure. Is it is um, it kind of like a the scene is sort of like everybody's on the tour bus or something like drinking drinking tea <laughs> and just sort of like reading. William, William, the bass player, mostly is on a very uh, like a pretty long health kick right now, um, That's which cool. I'm I'm pretty proud of him for. He's really like he's really like committed to it. Um, so he's a good influence for like doing actual healthy food on tour, which is a huge, a huge deal, because you'll feel it Dude. in a few days if all you eat is hamburgers. Oh, I know, man, because I was the Taco Bell really tour bad. guy. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah it, that's not a good, not a good yeah. plan. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't but know yeah. the, the Future Island guys by name. I know them as mm-hmm. a band, and uh, have seen them on TV and uh, watched stuff online and stuff, but I'm not, my, my familiarity with you is more your band and, no, yeah, yeah. and stuff we've done outside of that, but have you been recording other than than your own bands? Like, have you been, like, you know, you've recorded us. We, we yeah, did, yeah. Uh, some of the split seven-inch on teacher stuff at your place. and mm-hmm. uh, it's It's been going more and more and more, actually, the last two or three years. Like, and I, I don't know. I still feel like I'm not, like, pro- Amazing dude, but then and now and now I realize I'm like I've been actually doing this for a living for a few years now. So yeah, well, totally, and it's something. it's gotten it's gotten bigger and bigger. Yeah, like, I mean yeah, I remember. I've been pretty busy. People have been getting hold of me to do things, you know, and I kind of yeah. don't turn down very much. It just depends on if I can have time to actually do it or yeah. not. 
Dan, I have a question for you. I have the advantage of not knowing you that well, so I get to ask all these <laughs> questions. But <clears throat> how old are you? Let's start there. Uh, I'm 33. I just turned 30. I turned 33 like a month ago. Okay, so it's... you've been doing so you've been like doing the music thing for a couple years now. Um, I kind of started late. Like I didn't even play guitar or anything. I didn't pick up a guitar, start getting into music, or until I was probably around 20. What was 20. what was the plan? Uh, I just didn't have a plan. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to play in a band. <laughs> I wanted to like. Mo I wanted to learn how to. I think I most like at first wanted to learn how to like shred like Hendrix type guitar solos. Sure. Because I started. Yeah, getting, you like, do I was, have a lot of that classic rock stuff <laughs> in you. Definitely. Like, I remember. Like, that's. I mean, that's what I like set out to learn to like kind of start doing. I was like, I want to learn how to do this, you know. But so it, you definitely wanted to do the band thing. Yeah, I kind of wanted to just like, okay, like okay. play in a band, like write songs. Um, and I was living in Southern Maryland. It was really rural. Like my friends in high school, basically like through high school and kind of a little bit after high school, like I was just kind of floating because uh, I was just in this really kind of rural place and there wasn't much to do. I was skateboarding right. a lot and like I was, you know, screwing up in school, not going to school. I ended up not graduating from high school, dropping out in my senior year, which was really stupid. Um <laughs> And just working at a restaurant and living with my parents, and I was like, "Well, okay, this is cool. Well, I can. I bought a car. I'm gonna go skateboarding." And eventually, like my friends were pieces of shit and were like, get becoming alcoholics or like getting in trouble or doing real drugs or you know. So I kind of just drifted off from a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And kind of had to like cut out, like kind of just like leave all my friends because I was like, "This is. I don't like where this is going for a lot of people." You know. Yeah. And had to, and just kind of got in, and like I always listen to music, my whole family's really musical. My younger brother is, is really gifted musically, um, mm. can play like any instrument basically. My older brother is a really good guitar player, my sisters both play piano, my mom plays piano and organ in church and stuff. Wow. Um, so I kind of came from that, but I didn't do it as a kid, as a teenager, because everybody else in my family was, and I was just like a shithead. So I was like, I'm not going to do that, like, <laughs> that's not cool. Um, so by the time I was like 19, 20, I was like, I want to play guitar. Um, and I bought, just happened to buy a four track at the same time as I bought a guitar, like pedal for the first time or something. And I, so I started just recording little noodly guitar things by myself for like a year and just yeah. kind of was like, okay, now I can play guitar kind of. And got to get started getting to get, like just meeting new friends eventually and getting together with different people who were into the same kind of weird stuff and like just genuine, I kind of gravitated towards genuine weirdos. <laughs> Yeah, what was the band you were doing um, when I met you? It was kind of weird. It was part of Tom Waitsy. I'm trying to remember oh, yeah, the name of it. Total, uh, it was a Simpsons ripoff. It was called Rich Uncle Skeleton. That it was, was, it was yeah. It was a two-piece ah. with me and my friend. It was a total Tom Waits, like, White Stripes ripoff. Like, just two-piece. Dude, yeah, dude like, yelling and me weird. playing loud blues. Or, yeah. Like, wonky blues. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's, and, that's when, we, we, when we met. You were yeah. working with that. Seth was playing, like, played drums for a little while, and actually on a recording or two. I think at a show or two. It was just like a goofy little band, like band, not even a real band band. I never, I like, yeah. didn't consider it a real band for a long time, and now I'm like, I love that band. Man, and Seth, I have, like another like couple of bad, really bad bands down in Southern Maryland. Yeah. Like what? Let's let's talk about them. Uh, one was called Stuka, <laughs> just named after the a German fighter, like uh, Stuka, nice Stuka, um, and it was oh, just not very Stuka. good, uh, like bluesy rip-off songs. Um, uh, we recorded a, a bunch of stuff in my bedroom and, like, I have no idea. Like, no one, hopefully, will ever hear it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to play an exclusive track. We're, yeah, uh, we're going right now. Right now. 
<clears throat> yeah. <laughs> we just have kind a, of like we have all the members. How to do it. We have yeah. all the members backstage, Dan. They want to talk to you about. Yeah. What you just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just happened to be like twenty-one and two when I was in like my horrible bands instead of like twelve and thirteen. Right. Yeah. So, like, really. I feel like I have like a ten-year <laughs> kind of like like just late to the game kind of thing, which was cool right. because I didn't. I don't know. There's a lot of like kind of. Uh, it was really fun. It was super fun. I wasn't jaded or anything, you know, at any point. I wasn't like, well, this is dumb because, like, I tried to be famous when I was 20 and I couldn't do it. Yeah, so, like, like me, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that was your, your motivations. You Not know. really, but, but yeah, I thought I was going to do something big. In, no, I know what you mean. And that's like, <laughs> like seeing so much music business stuff now. It's <clears> like that's... Uh, nobody should ever feel like it was their fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah good it's point. so weird, man. It because... doesn't work that way <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. It, it, I swear most of it's just luck, right? Hard work and luck. Like. Oh, yeah, totally. Because everyone totally. can work hard at it, but not never, not necessarily everybody's going to... It's equal I mean, doses even... of both, and like just, just yeah. seizing any opportunity, even if it turns out to be retarded, like no matter yeah. what. Even if you think it's going to be dumb, or like, if, or like, if it makes no sense to even do for you, you know. Right. So what? When did the Frome Dome come into it? The copycat building, because that that's sort of like, I I feel like I feel like if that building burned down, or if you moved out, it just <laughs> the same. I feel like that's like a, a oh no yeah yeah it's, life at this point. This <laughs> thing, so many things have come from that place. No, I know. I'm. It's a it's a funny. It's kind of a long story. It's a funny story, I guess. Um. This was 2006, like summer, spring, summer of 2006. I had moved to Baltimore like a year before that, and I was living with a girl, and we broke up. Like we moved up there together, but we were still living together. Right. So it was, uh, I don't know, it sucked. <laughs> and at the yeah. same time, I was, I was trying to figure out a new place to live. Um, I wasn't living, I was kind of living outside of the city, like slightly. Um, <clears throat> and so Seth and I found, we were, we were, one, either looking, we are looking for either a place to share and live and have a practice space in, or to like look for an apartment maybe together and have look for a practice space somewhere. We mostly we wanted to find a practice space for to play music in. Yeah. Um, and so we found this number and called this building and I'd never really heard of it before. I didn't really know anything about it. And we showed up to this, you know, big weird industrial building and the landlord was like, There's a spot on the first floor. It's not the place I'm in now, but we signed a lease for a place on the first floor that was a, just an empty room, basically. It's maybe like 50 by 60 foot square room. Man, uh, I don't even remember that part. Concrete walls. <laughs> no, no, this was totally before any of this. It was like the first Holy month that I was there. Crap. So it was just bare, empty thing. Um, and the rent was like 600 bucks a month or something. It was some, like 12 or 1,300 nice. square feet. I forget. It was some huge, huge empty room for like hmm. barely any money. We are like, sure, let's do it. And the, the landlord was like a scumbag and he... Uh, like promised that they would <laughs> give us building materials if we built in there, build walls and stuff, and he'd keep the rent the same, but give us the materials and we'd do the work. So we're like, yeah, sure. Like we can do that. We're just, we're so yeah, sure. Oh we'll gosh. build some walls. Why not? Because me and Seth are both just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Let's let's try it. <laughs> yeah, and, um, he, that guy just like suckered you into being his contractor. Kind of, <laughs> but I was like, cool. We'll build whatever we want. Um, yeah, yeah. So I moved That's like crazy. I moved a bed in there, so I didn't have to sleep in the same apartment as my ex girlfriend, which was horrible. Like I said, and uh, I was just sleeping in there for a few weeks, like kind of waiting for the landlord yeah. to like make good on his end, so we could start building and start moving everything else in there. And after four or five weeks, finally we were both fed up because he wouldn't 
he wouldn't like he wouldn't do anything. And I don't even know if any of this was illegal or if he even could or whatever. Right. But um, we finally went to him and we're like, look, we're we're gonna break this lease because we're you didn't promise like what we signed up for or whatever. Like we're we gotta move out. Um, we're not gonna actually do this and <laughs> not give you any more money. Yeah. So he was like, oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. There's a place on the second floor if you want to go look, and I'll keep I'll keep the rent the same. It was like six hundred bucks to start out. Um, wow. So he was like, all right, and, and I went up there to look, um, and it was a recording studio. It was built out. Uh, it was in junky shape. Uh, one of the big rooms was just full of cats and cat poop, uh, and this weird guy was living there. Um, and oh my gosh, I did not know about that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, but it was like pretty much built out, like as as a studio in the '90s. And I kind of researched later on. I found out like people who did it, and kind of knew a few of the people, and found found a little yeah. bit more info about it. But Wait, who was involved with that? Yeah, I stopped there because I remember that story, and I remember it being pretty cool. I um, want to say uh, one of the guys who worked on Shutter to Think's uh, Pony Express record or something, right? There was a guy who there was a guy named uh, I'm trying to remember exactly who it all was. There was a guy that I knew who worked at a studio called Oz. Um, yeah, he, Oz Studios. He worked on the Pony Express record. And actually, Oz, the building where Oz used to be, is where Magpie K Cage is now. Yeah, because Oz Studios. Studio. Yeah, that was where Oz Studios, if I'm not mistaken, is where the last Jawbox record mm -hmm. was recorded. Yeah, and, I think and where, so. uh, no way. And for so some of our uh, Jay was Jay, like managed to get a hold of the building that he loved. Like, yeah, he really loved studio Oz, and now he, it? he now it's his place, which is pretty cool. Is his name that, that was where we did our record. Dude, that's... Oh, man, I'm so jealous of you, by the way, for recording Which there, actually <laughs> is only two blocks from the copycat building. What? That's Wait like, a minute, right there, around what? the corner. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, there's oh, my a shop. I, I use the shop, uh, the, the tech guy there named Brooks Harlan, who's a really good tech, and I bring my all my amps and stuff to him, and he's... He's great. He has a band called War on Women, which is pretty sick. <laughs> War on Women? Is that what you called it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I like that name. And I think they just got signed to some label. I can't remember. The label's putting out an album of theirs, I think. They're really good. I'm, I'm Googling the, uh, the Oz Studios thing. I'm, <laughs> there's, a name, there's a name I'm trying to drop here. Yeah. And I can't remember the guy's name. I want to say his name's Ted hmm. for some reason. Man, Oz, did they move? Did Oz Studios move to New York? I don't know what actually what there's their, an Oz what the in New York. That was. It might be the same people, or it might be, uh, might be related somehow. But the Oz, I, I don't know. I think that building stopped being Oz sometime in sometime in the late '90s, early 2000s, and um, it was just some dude's private place for a really long time. I don't know if like the whole history, but, but Jay said he got it from mm -hmm. somebody that was just using it as a private studio. Which is crazy because awesome. it's huge and really awesome. The the main room in there like sounds ridiculous, like so good. And it's you just two put mics up and you're like, and it's two blocks. Ted nicely. Yeah. Ted nicely. That's the guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That I wanted to say nicely, movie. but I was afraid to say it because I didn't want to. <laughs> but yeah, it was Ted nicely. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on from the my constantly dragging us from this conversation, but um, <laughs> um I did hear through a couple of people, and I don't know how like accurate this was, and I don't know the dude, and there's no way to confirm it. But uh, Dave Sitek from TV on the radio apparently like lived in Baltimore at one point and did some stuff here. Um, in when the it was and, Yeah, like sometime That's in the early bad, 2000s, man. late 90s or something. Yeah, that building, that room's just got so much. So it's got some character. Yeah. It does, man. It does. Like, 
We used to stay up there. We I started. I kind of day. built half of another room inside of it to kind oh, of really? cut it out, cut it out, and kind of make it less like a gigantic boomy room, and still have some area to do that in. And it worked out pretty well. I got to finish the walls and stuff still, but I so really needed to cut off another little area. I just remember the insane, oh, like trippy. I stood there staring at it for 15 minutes and taking pictures, <laughs> like that crazy mural with like oh yeah tentacles all over it. Yeah, and yeah. I know painting over that finally. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it was it was, it was obviously people people worked there and like had a had a studio. There's uh the most person I know is a guy named Charlie Jameson, who actually was living in the same like living really close to the studio in the building when I moved in, and he had worked in the in the studio a lot. And wow, uh, I recorded oh God, a bunch of bands in Baltimore. I found uh, my neighbor, another a different neighbor of mine, in the kind of mid, early, mid, late 90s, mostly through the 90s, owned a, and helped run a uh, practice space, like a like a building that had a bunch of practice spaces in it and studios. And he was holding on to tapes from people from these studios, and I found a few crazy tapes, like in these piles of tapes. Um, I, you probably, I don't know if you saw any of these. I, I had to have shown you because it was years and years and years ago, and I've been holding on to them forever until like last year. Um, but it was demos, Rodan demos for Rusty, which were recorded in Baltimore, I found out. Um, not at not at my studio, but somewhere else. Dude, you showed that to me, and I why would I forget this? I don't know. I had it Man. was like three reels of half inch tape, and it was the demo was basically oh for gosh. for Rusty, and they were just sitting in a pile of tapes in this dude's house, basically. And I was like, Do you still trying have to help him? him? I don't have those anymore because I finally sent them to uh, Touch and Go. So I finally got a hold of somebody who like finally like it took years to track down people to give these things to. But I finally got them. Uh, is Touch to and Go going to release it? I think so. I hope so. And that's the thing. Like oh, the timing man. sucked because I was that's trying amazing. to do this. I was trying to do this for years, and it only worked out now, like a year after this other like big Rodan package thing came out. Um, oh, so I was hoping, God. like, I don't know, it would it would have been great if they could show up on like that kind of thing. But um, they were seemed super excited about it, and I, hopefully they'll come out at some point. The main thing was that I wanted to play the tapes and listen to it. I never could because the tapes were like deteriorating, and I didn't want to like. You're afraid to. I could I could have played them back, and I did. It might have destroyed them. <laughs> and like I know how to do all this yeah. stuff. It was like it was you know it's a specific thing with old tape, and I know how to treat it and fix it and play it so you can you know capture it again, um, even if the tape gets destroyed. But I didn't want to do that because they weren't mine, and it seemed like such a special holy thing. And I didn't like yeah, totally didn't want to yeah. screw it up and literally have like uh, Bob Weston be mad at me personally, you know, or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bob Weston did that screw this up. You yeah, know. man. You just, I emailed just Bob Weston. All these. He was one of the first. Like I sat there sweating and was nervous for an hour, but I emailed Bob Weston about it. I was like, Bob, like hopefully you open this. <laughs> Do you know anything about these tapes? And I sent him pictures and stuff, and he's like, No, I didn't record this. Uh, it looks like demos for Rusty. They and the uh, Rusty demos were recorded in Baltimore in '94 by this guy named Tony French, who I found out that Tony <laughs> French had done a whole bunch of recording in the '90s, a bunch of cool bands. Um, yeah, man. At different studios in Baltimore, I had these Rodan tapes. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to look. I don't mean to cut you off. But I'm trying to Google <laughs> no. everything that you're saying, and you're you're dropping so many names that my thumbs are like on fire. <laughs> 
And I got to Bob Weston. He's like born 1965. Yeah, he, he plays in shellac and uh, is like engineered all the shellac albums and a ton of really great albums. He works at Albini's place. He recorded. He recorded uh, the Rusty album by Rodan. Volcano. Yeah, a bunch of Louisville stuff in that. In Volcano that era. Sun, shellac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. He recorded he's, Eight Hours Away from Being a Man by Roadside yeah. Morning, which is one of my favorites from him. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he he did a Polvo record. I'm really into yeah, it too. Yeah. The well, exploded drawing. He's a bass tone inspiration. He's a recording inspiration. Like a like a player inspiration. He's like a hero of mine, kind of. And so I was and I'm like, he's uh, a saxophone guy too. He does play saxophone. I'm not mistaken. He was yeah. uh, <laughs> Albini's assistant manager uh, engineer on Nirvana's In Utero. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's, he's done a He's like that guy you never heard of that. Yeah, he's like he's like the guy you never heard of that like half half of your discography. On your <laughs> yeah, so he didn't have much info, but he was like they're recorded by this guy. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm trying to like move this story along. Um, no, that's cool. Yeah, man. And a, a friend, a, a mutual friend of mine, about a year ago, like I showed him this stuff a few years ago, and he is friends with Henry from Chunklet. So he made, mentioned to Henry at some point in passing, like I had these tapes. Um, and he, so Henry Owings emailed me and was like, I hear you yeah. have these tapes. Like, I know my friend at Touch and Go would love to see this. Like, let me know what, you, what is this, and I'll connect you guys. And finally, somebody was like, what are these? Like, let me know. Because um, uh, not only was there Rodan, there was uh, Jesus Lizard demos as right. well. Whoa. It was like four or five reels of Jesus Lizard tapes. And they were recorded oh in Baltimore, you too. You had them in your um, hands. Yeah, I had them for years. And you didn't put them on eBay. Ah uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything like that. I need. I was. That would have been searching. so mean. I know. Been the worst. I. I that would have been, been such a dick move. Yeah. I it's like I got like some good money for it, but I'm a jerk. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah, but kudos for kudos for not doing that because a lot of people. No. Would. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. I would have. Um, I think it was the album. I think it was the album shot. I think it whatever the first album they oh, had. Wow. On Capitol yeah. Records. Yeah. In '94 or five or something, because oh they were recorded God. in '94. So Tooth and or I almost said Tooth and Nail, Touch and Go didn't. Uh, they couldn't do anything with them, but I sent them to the guy anyway because he's like, I know somebody related to the band somehow, and like I'll get them to the band because you know they weren't oh, a Tooth man. and Nail thing, so they, it wasn't a Tooth and Nail record. So or Touch and Go record. So. Touch and Go. You keep saying Tooth yeah. And Nail. I know. I don't know why I mix those up all the time too. Touch Steve and Go. Tooth me, and Nail. Introduced me to uh, Tooth and Nail stuff, uh, and a lot of it there's. One of my favorite bands, Starflyer '59, is from Stevens' influence. I think yep. from like yeah, two years yeah. ago. Yeah, they're a great band. I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, so had some good ones for sure. But yeah, yeah. Touch and Go is a great label. They had some really cool indie stuff that I was mm -hmm. into back back and then. And I think hopefully that Rodan stuff will end up released somehow, like soon. So. Yeah, I, I'd hope so. That's what. That's the impression I got. Which That's so neat. Awesome. You got a hold like, of them. It's just it luckily, real. like, holy crap, like, saw them in a pile of tapes, like, covered in dust. It was like, I'm saving these. To so were those, were those tapes, me. were those tapes laying around in a pile of dust with the weird guy and covered in cat shit? Like, this was an apartment <laughs> across the hall, basically. Um, oh, okay. All right. All right. Next door to my studio was another place that was just full of crap. Um, oh, okay. This, okay, this okay. building kind of just draws either, uh, Especially when I first moved in here, almost it was nine years ago. Um, there was a lot of like, I don't know, dudes who would live there for twenty years, uh, weird hermit <laughs> yeah. pack rat guys. Uh, this guy had it a ton a, of crazy old place. recording gear because he ran studios. Um, but at the time, he had a jewelry shop and he would just make metal jewelry. So like next door to the recording studio, there's dudes hammering on metal, 
like all day. <laughs> but in his I jewelry just... shop, he had all this gear and tapes and shit. So he asked me yeah. to help him like kind of go through them and see what he had and see if he could sell some. You know, I ended up getting some gear from him that way as payment for helping sell shit. And it, it's stuff. a weird. It's a. It's definitely a weird building. Like, <clears throat> you know, you'd show up there for a band practice. It's kind I of, would drive from yeah. Pennsylvania, get there in the morning on a Saturday morning, and I'd uh, I'd get out of the car and stand there at the door and try to get a hold of somebody to come down. It's like it took like half of the band practice time to get. <laughs> To get People the person to come out. down yeah. all the flights I, of steps. I kind of like how much of a weird fortress it is like that. But yeah, it's, it's like you can't like, rob your place because it's just like... Yeah, you have to have three you different rob, keys. It's like the guy next yeah. to you did it because it's just... Yeah, you seriously. can't get in. Like, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would I would leave this... I, I, I'd, get in the, I'd get in the building and we'd go up that giant, like... What do you even call those elevators? Like, it's like a... Oh, a weird I, freight I, elevator from like... Yeah, it's like a freight elevator. We're putting all our amps in there to go up this giant freight elevator. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking the whole time. I'm looking around. I'm just like, this place is so weird, man. Like, I there's just no nothing like it. Like, no yeah. band practices are like this. And <laughs> I remember doing get... the, I remember doing the Unteacher Seven Inch and uh, uh, recording there. And I remember Dan taking us just further and further into this weird <laughs> labyrinth. And I, thought, I kind of enjoyed. Yeah, like, we would we would take like the back way and like, you know, walk with was... somebody through these weird like like sometimes stinky, dark, like weird, like dirty tunnels. I just kept thinking, yeah. e- either we're we're either gonna oh, find this like cool this, little buffer zone. this little hidden <laughs> gem that nobody knows about, and this is gonna be amazing, or this dude Dan is gonna kill us and then we'll ever find us again because oh, we're man. in like you this guys, bunker. You know? Have you guys ever seen the movie, the very first Alien movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the scene? You know the scene where the guy's looking for the cat in that weird looking room in the spaceship and there's like water dripping yeah yeah and it's like it's, it, that's what that place reminded me of it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's i mean the whole thing about it it's a giant industrial yeah. factory that yeah, is just yeah. let to rot and let freaks move in and build whatever artists they want. and band people so yeah, nobody yeah. is built with a contractor or anything nobody has like shored up the floor somewhere or like i don't know different areas of the building were built at different times too like the building the I think overall it was built in like 1904, 1906 or something. Hmm. So it's like 110 year old building, like it's that's such just a rotting cool from building. the inside, you know. Yeah. As much as like a gigantic brick building can, and just kind of let you know, just kind of let loose. It's they cracked yeah. down a lot more. Management has kind of actually become a real thing in the last few years, and are trying to cut down on shows and like huge parties and stuff. And that's right. been happening less and less and less. But there's still bands that play here. Like my band still has always played here. It's it's a pretty unique place. It totally is. Yeah, kind of just like dropped into the middle of it without realizing what it was, um, and was just kind of like, holy crap! I couldn't have done anything that I'm doing right now without being here. Yeah, you know what I mean. And having this place to like just like learn how to have a studio. Dan, how many people do you think live in there? The entire building, probably yeah. a couple hundred, maybe. Are there any like? Oh wow, I didn't think it was that many. That's crazy. Are it's pretty. Any? It's big. Yeah, there's six, five or six floors in most of the place. Are Are wow. there any like married couples with kids in there? Is it like? I haven't seen any kids. No. Is, is it that um, kind of place? <laughs> I think there's a claw. I think actually really. there officially like no kids. Right. Allowed, right, right. You know, Got which it. is smart. Hopefully, hopefully that's an official thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like while it's a cool building, like it's definitely not like homey. No, you kind of have to, yeah. You know, like my my yeah. spot is actually not technically like livable. I'm not supposed to be living here. I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know how le- it's, it's some kind of legal gray area with a lot of the places because well, I don't have yeah, plumbing running into my specific place. You know, I share a bathroom in the hall. It's like 
some yeah. part of the downsides I can't control, which is a lot, yeah. <laughs> which I've realized over the years, like it's gotten frustrating sometimes. Sure. Because Th- that there's was only the so much I can funny. put into it as well because, you know, it's yeah. just renting this place. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, just, like, depending on the week you visited, like, you know, some days, like, you would just, there would be so much crap in the hallways. Oh, and yeah. you'd be like, yeah, just take that. No one cares. I got, I got, I got my turntable from from that hallway. Yeah. A lot of a lot of that was like this pack rat dude who had tons of stuff and stored a lot of junk in the hallway. Yeah, um, I got away with a bunch is, of stuff. There crap. is like a free store kind of area that it's always been here where I just drop a lot of stuff that you don't want to actually throw away that somebody could use. And I've picked up a lot of stuff from there. Like it runs the gamut from actually being nice things to you know just piles of junk. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Keep an eye out for a technique. I, I need a techniques turntable if you see one. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> if there's so, two. <laughs> yeah, just, okay, two. All right, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got a we got a um one of our listeners sent us a letter about um and I'm bringing this up to you, Dan, because it's it's in relation to the copycat building and location. Okay. Um, we got a letter from a, a a listener who wanted to reiterate to us that the show The Wire, HBO's The Wire was a very, very good show, and, and here's why, and he, and he gave mm-hmm. us this email. Trav, do you want to read that? Got it right here. This is, from, this, is, this is from John. Uh, he wrote in, hey, Trav and Steven, I got the feeling from Trav, that's me, that you had uh, heard a bunch about The Wire, but that you were maybe looking for a more personalized reason to check it out. I don't know you guys in person, but I thought you'd give. I thought I'd give you my take on the show, and you can take it or leave it. At first, it seems like... You're watching a really slow-burning cop show. I mean, the whole first season covers just one investigation into one drug operation. I had to watch all the first season before getting any kind of payoff for why I was even watching it. And when that payoff came, it was so good, and so has like 10 O's in it. So it's <laughs> really good. Um, wow. <coughs> a little bit further. Uh, after the first season, though, the show starts to change focus. Uh, not so much change as it does expand its focus. The characters from the first season stick around, but they start incorporating new story threads that you just that aren't just about police and drugs. You start to realize that the show is actually about the systematic corruption within the city of Baltimore. Interesting. Timely, right? Uh, it expands That's to operate... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's been going on forever. I mean, yeah. There's plenty yeah. of research yeah. by the people who wrote oh. the show. Oh, we'll circle back. Yeah. Uh, it expands to operate on a scope... <laughs> A scope and a scale that I don't think anyone has since been able to successfully meet or improve, at least not yet. I don't know if that's the kind of thing that you're into, but my suggestion is plow through the first season, and if you're on board, great. If not, that would be the time to bail. Keep on keeping on, guys. John. John, thanks for emailing in, man. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank that you. was great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I got to fight through that first season. I, 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 know, I know based on the, the many friends of mine, who said it was an amazing show? That I mean, I know their tastes, and I, I kind of, you know, I'm in line with a lot of their tastes. So I know it's a good show. I just, you know, it's like every show, like The Sopranos pilot was kind of like that. It was good, but it wasn't like, oh my god, amazing. You just yeah, it took me to long, a long time that, to watch that, that. Finally, watch all The Sopranos. Yeah, I'm just I've never seen now. one. Never seen one episode. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, yeah, Dan. You're a wires fan. A wires fan. Sounds like I'm saying <laughs> wires. You're a wire fan, right? Like, sure, sure. What do you think? What do you think about it? Uh, it's 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 the way I don't know. It's it's the way more TV shows should be done. Really, kind of like thinking about 
thinking about presenting like a really big thing and doing it in a way where like if you watch enough of it you actually kind of want to go back and like look for more stuff or just make you think yeah. about things slightly differently there's not one character that you're like kind of walk kind of figuring out or every no well, nobody is good or bad nobody right. is evil nobody is like really like virtuous there's no archetypes of characters there's really like Mm. characters that are really ambiguous and their situations are pretty ambiguous and then it living in this city for a long time like i'm not a native from here but i've been here maybe you know about 10 years and i've been to all different parts of the city and i'm i still feel like i'm encased in a pretty bubble of a uh you know uh scene of of this city because there's the city is made up of like a billion tiny little neighborhoods that are physically disconnected from each other in a lot of ways. So yeah. that's how these little neighborhoods get completely overlooked while other neighborhoods are like three streets away are rich, you know, and there's yeah. a huge racial divide that has a lot to do with, you know, there's, there's, there's a giant history behind it and it's still, still really obvious and watching that show kind of makes people, especially yeah. who live here be like, Oh yeah, <clears throat> this is obvious. This oh. is a really real thing still. And always, you know, and would you say that the stuff that happened recently with the rioting and all that stuff has something to do with like the corruption that's um, oh, yeah. behind the scenes sure. and the sort of like the, so it's kind of like the, the plot of the wire kind of being exposed in the media almost well, yeah like, I mean there's there's a lot of stuff in the show one of the right one of the main writers was uh, a cop reporter for a long time and there's another guy who was a cop uh, a homicide detective who's done a lot of stuff with David Simon and mm. acts on the show at one point. He's not a great actor, <laughs> but like, there's yeah. a lot of inside cop things. Who knows how real they are? But yeah, the cops are like shitty, and hopefully, slightly realistically so, like, and very racist and very shitty. And not, it's that's firsthand. I've seen plenty of that from Baltimore cops. Yeah, being mm -hmm. a white guy like lives in the hipster zone. You know, I still see it. And Seth was telling me some of the cops don't even live in Baltimore. Like, they just drive from like the. That's actually a big problem. Ex yeah. Yeah. Where there's a lot of cops who live in rural areas outside the city, and they're Baltimore City cop because it pays more, but they have no context yeah. of the city, you know, where they're supposed to be yeah. policing. I know. could see that being a big problem for sure. And they've been totally yeah. have no like uh, perspective on the community that they find themselves in. All they see is like they, you know, come in from yeah uh, the woods to a bombed out neighborhood where everybody's like antagonistic. So it's really it's got to be a mind fuck, and it can't be easy. Yeah, because you know. A cop, and it can't be easy to hire a bunch of cops that don't live in your city and can have. Yeah, they they can't have the mindset. Them. Yeah, yeah, they can't have that mindset. You know, they can't come in and be like, "We, you know, I'm a part of this struggle. You know, I'm yeah. here because of the struggle." It doesn't like you make know. a ton of sense to me. That's wild, man. And and real quick to our wire fan listeners, uh, the copycat can be seen on the show. <laughs> well, areas around it, yeah, you know, the like in it, yeah. Uh, I think I interrupted a shoot once because I drove through and I just needed to park in my parking lot. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, guys. Uh, I park, oh, I saw, I saw that. I saw that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Room Runner, man. Like, I've always known you as the recording guy. You weren't like doing a whole yeah. lot of bands, going yeah. out and playing a lot. And then, I mean, you played with Seth and you know Jamie McLean, those mm -hmm. kind of guys and stuff. It was, but... it was definitely kind of an equal thing. Like I was. Like, yeah. you know, getting into recording from a recording aspect of it just as much as I was into music. And I've always kind of thought of myself as, like, a middling musician compared to, like, most of my friends yeah. who are, like, all better than me <laughs> at, like, writing yeah, and playing I music. So I kind of, like, was happy to be, like, I want to learn how to, like, capture all this cool stuff that, like, is happening, you know. 
yeah, do it, so do it those, well, hopefully. Were they already a band and they came to you to record or something? How did that uh, No, no, it kind of started, um, like, I became friends with Denny, who was kind of the main brain, main songwriter, especially in the beginning. Um, and he played in a band called Double Dagger. He lived in my building. We were acquaintances. Yeah. We didn't really hang out too much. Like, we knew each other, but... We, I ended up running sound for a tour for, he was playing in a band, um, this guy Dan Deacon, who was from Baltimore, had put together Another this huge band. Well-known guy, yeah. Yeah, he, he basically moved into the building around the same time I did, um, and uh, just, uh, just a tangential thing like that was happening like where I lived. I was like, oh, wow, this is yeah. crazy, all these people doing insane things. I didn't really know too many of those guys for a long time until they moved basically like out of the building and started doing more stuff. and. Um, like, I ended up running sound for him for a tour, uh, which was actually with Lightning Bolt opening, which was crazy. It was awesome. No, I had to watch Lightning Bolt every night from, like, next to the drum set and just get my mind blown. Um, That's awesome. That was yeah. great. And during, basically during that tour, this is the end of 2010, probably October, November, Denny, uh, we bonded a lot over, like, equal love of, like, carp and, like, U.S. Maple and weird bands, um, and he he said he had a bunch of demos for songs he'd written over the last like year or so, um, and wanted to just record them just by himself. There was really no talk of like actually having a band or anything. It was just like let's record these demos. Um, and before we actually ever did that, another mutual friend uh, made a film and was having a party, basically, and wanted to book a band to play at his party, and uh, asked Denny if his band Double Dagger would do it, and he said they couldn't, but Denny was like, well, if I have some, I have like a new project thing that he'd been talking about and was basically like, I'll put together a band and play this thing. So it was um, a friend of, mutual friend of ours named John Jones, who uh, I had known, Seth had known, who'd played in a band with Seth and I for a while. Basically, we were just like, okay, cool, let's like form this band and play this show in January or something. Um, and so we just learned the six or seven songs that Denny had demoed out and played this one show with a, a different drummer, just a mutual friend named Chris. Mm -hmm. um, played two shows, I think f basically that were like this party for this guy's movie. Um, and we're like, this was fun. This is cool. Like, this, these songs are fun to play live. Like, and that's basically where it was there. And like, uh, started to book a couple more shows. We ended up not playing after that for a couple, few months maybe. We recorded the demos. It was just me and Denny playing. Um, now is that the first EP with the yeah, laundry those, all over the, the front? Those became the first two EPs. Like those were just meant to be like demos and just quickly done, you know, just to learn songs. Yeah. Um, and it turned into we were like, oh, let's just release it. <laughs> uh, yeah. For the, just because this is here, and it turned out okay. And so we just started playing shows, and we got a, a we threw another mutual friend met this, our drummer Brett Lanahan, who was just monster ridiculous amazing musician from from the suburbs and was like come down to the city and play drums for us man he's so good i remember the first the nice. first time he walked in to play uh he set up like his snare drum and hit his snare drum like twice and i basically like jumped and was like shit my pants because it was so loud uh <laughs> and we just kind of turned around I was like we both denny and i looked at each other like all right cool this is it like based on two snare yeah. drum hits you're the drummer uh <laughs> You knew Which your band funny. was going to be, like, twice as loud when he came in there. And yeah, basically. And we were both like, <laughs> sick! Like, we were too loud, and our drummer was too quiet. Now our drummer is too loud, so we have to turn up to be extra loud. 
Man, how come my auditions are never that easy? Actually, it kind of informed like <laughs> like the loudness. We're like, all right. Yeah, um, yeah. So then we just, I don't know, just played a, a ton. It was it it felt really effortless. Almost, it felt easy to play together. Uh, we were purposefully writing like fairly simple songs that were loud, like that could come across really loudly. Well, one thing I, I'm always hearing from people when they see you live is they're like, "Man, that band is so loud!" Like, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Loud seems to be like a theme that runs through your shows. Yeah, which and I always think is cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, raw, I'm you know, of course, like I, I love loud music. You know, <laughs> doing seeing seeing a band play and it's loud, like overwhelmingly loud, is kind of like it kind of like makes me go as a person. You know, that's kind of I don't know a huge part of like uh, what I've always been about with music is mm-hmm. and especially like being in the same room as somebody making amazing music and it's overwhelming and like you have to like be just kind of washed over by this huge thing. Like totally, that's, dude. That's where, it's not, that's where it's at. It's not an emphasis that people think about anymore, too, with like yeah. live music. Everybody always wants everything controlled and then sort of, you know, and sort of get... They it's kind really of like funny being like, like a pro live sound guy, too, and then having a band. And Denny also ran sound. He knows what he's doing with running sound. He ran sound <laughs> in a club I never even for a thought long about time. That, yeah. So it's like two sound guys in a band that like sound yeah. guys hate. <laughs> We've got yeah. arguments with sound guys, and we're just like, look, I know what I'm talking about. Like, you can leave. You don't even have to be here. I was just on Letterman last week. <laughs> they're like, y'all are too loud. We got this PA that's, like, really loud. And we're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you don't have to do any more work to, like, squeeze this big thing into a tiny tube and then put it out a bigger thing. Like, why don't just have these amps blast and then you don't have to worry about it and you can, like, go outside if you don't like it. <laughs> Amen to that. They always tell you turn your volume down. You will not turn down. Like you can't. Turn yeah, exactly. Down, so. Yeah. They'll say turn down your volume to like three or four, and we'll push it from the from the house, you know, the house system. And I'm like, yeah. to your volume, yeah, you'll push it. You'll push it to what you think yeah. is good. They're worried about. And, and <laughs> I understand, especially the mentality of like, especially older guys are like, gotta get those vocals like crisp, you know. Yeah. Gotta they, make sure yeah. there's room for the vocals and like these crazy harmonies that they're assuming everybody's doing or something. And it's like no. He's Not for kids us, loud music. Like, like this dude's gonna yell, kind of sing and yell some stuff, and we don't care if you can't really hear it. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. So you you guys did the two EPs, and then yeah, then what what happened? I know you, I I know Ideal Cities was the next record, but I'm yeah. Just... Um. So we this 2011. We finished. You know, we kind of recorded that whole the first six song, the first EP, the self-titled EP thing that came out was just the first six songs that were done. And we're just like, all right, like there's six songs, we should put it out. We have a good friend named Sean Gray, who was part of the label at the time that we were that he was he was he was helping us put out the stuff. He's always been hugely supportive, like anything yeah. me and a lot of other people have done, um, which was uh, Fan Death Records. Him and a guy named Chris Berry and another girl named Tracy Suming, and the three of them put out um, our stuff. There a bunch a bunch of other interesting shit. Um, but he yeah. was always just eager to put out whatever was going on. He was really good friends with Denny for a long time and always wanted to support his music. Um, so he started putting... Uh, they, they put out the first two EPs. Um, we were just writing more songs. Denny had a lot more ideas coming up, and we were playing a lot of shows. It seemed mm-hmm. like there was a lack of like rock shows in Baltimore at the time, and we were like, let's do rock shows. Like, There's bands... like. It'll be fun. <laughs> so we're yeah. playing a bunch of a bunch of shows. It seemed like there was not a lot of loud guitar music happening. Did I miss what like around what time this was? 
2011, like the summer. I think we went on our first tour, probably fall of 2011. Okay. Which was like right. Denny booked, and it was like five shows, you know, down to North Carolina, I think, around maybe, I forget how far we even got the first time. That's okay. great. But uh, people seemed to want us to come back. So. Yeah. And Denny, uh, just from touring with his man Double Dagger for so long, um, there's kind of had a lot of contacts in this kind of DIY network of, of places to play and, and people yeah. that supported that kind of stuff. So luckily, you know, we were able to book things ourselves for a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. So like through 2000, late 2010, early 2011, like we were just playing a lot, um, trying to uh, trying to play as much as possible, really, and just write stuff and play. And so yeah. by like that summer, fall 2011, uh, I think we were, we were writing more trying to remember what what that was yeah because the other ap didn't really get released until fall so it was like kind of a year of that of that stuff while writing yeah new things that ended up on ideal cities What label was that on? Ideal Cities? Uh, Fan Death. Same guys that put it out. Oh, okay. Just the, the basically three friends from from Baltimore. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, you guys, you guys seem to have blown up though. I mean, I see you on the internet a lot. I see you on on uh, various people's posts, and uh, I've seen it always kind of blows up. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it got like Sean and and and, and them and. and people who were helping us like we didn't you know we weren't we, we were kind of sending it around to people if we could but we we're just uh, people just picked up on it and ended up liking it you know yeah there's definitely a definitely a buzz you know just on the internet and stuff for sure and i haven't seen the band live i've just you guys have never for some reason you guys never come to lancaster you never come, <laughs> to, come or even or we, even like well at first we had problems with Philly like we couldn't play a good show in Philly like we ended up playing these like weird bunk shows in Philly where we didn't There's fit like in or like so many didn't have a good time um, wow. so we just didn't really know people there so we ended up we went to New York a ton to play shows we skipped Philly because we couldn't book a show there which that's we really, really wanted wrong. to because oh like, it's two hours place, away like, there's a place to play, play in Philly in every block too that's yeah. crazy yeah I was going to um, say nowadays it's almost like I mean yeah no, definitely like in underground the last arts, year, arts in the last year we definitely like like had some really good contact like there were a couple places where we played a lot and it was really good yeah but back then we were just like we don't know anybody this sucks like, <laughs> um so i don't know it was about a year of just kind of playing i i picked up a couple tours in 2011 um did a tour with uh, two tours with a band called zilla jesus and ran their live sound now that was really good they're really cool yeah i've heard of them yeah two like kind of u.s kind of rings around the U.S. month-long trips. Um, I remember getting back from a, an entire month, almost five weeks on the road. Uh, I flew from Chicago back to Baltimore and immediately went to a practice space 
and picked up gear and went and played a show <laughs> and hadn't played with the band for like five weeks or something. Yeah. Wow. Just kind of like, oh, oh, yeah. I, uh, How'd it go? Well, just, I, I probably screwed up the songs. <laughs> but no one could hear it. It was just <laughs> so loud. <laughs> I'm just, I, don't, I don't know. Like back those first like first like year of shows, are, I'm sure it was just like, what is this band even playing? Who even cares? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, man? <laughs> I guess starting early 2012, we really just toured a ton. We tried to like book as many tours as we could and just play as much as we could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so by the middle, I think probably around that summer, there was a booking agent guy who had some mutual friends of ours in New York, and he uh, asked if we wanted a booking agent. And we were like, at the point, we were like, uh, sure, why not? Like, let's see what happens with this. And so he booked us the first, he booked us a couple shows in New York and a month long US tour, which was just like a lot of tiny places basically for maybe a couple hundred bucks because we were yeah. a fairly unknown band out of, you know, outside of the East Coast at the time. Like, we had people in New York who liked us and would come to shows and, uh, Baltimore, obviously, we'd play a lot in DC and stuff, but yeah, basically, like nobody out out of there. We'd gone to Chicago maybe once or twice and played there and had like a good response. Um, well, but all just kind of warehouse shows, like DIY kind of shows. So he booked us this month long tour, and like it was half really awesome and half like just dark and dismal and depressing. <laughs> well, how so? Um, just shows with like three people. In like no, a no like shows, a literal yeah. like, like yeah. meth house show in Denver uh, at a place that used to be awesome apparently and when we were there it was in bad shape so um, like end of end of twenty that, that was like fall of twenty twelve we basically just spent twenty twelve kind of like playing as much as we could I was working I don't know I always have kind of I always kind of had random odd jobs I was doing a lot of recording but still kind of had to do. Uh, random stuff like I worked at a bar and like I've done mo- art moving for this art moving company um, I kind of haven't I've only kind of exclusively done audio stuff I guess maybe in the last year although I've still even been working side jobs there too so since then like yeah so were you doing Room Runner and touring for Future Islands as a sound guy all at the same time or how did yeah how did Future Islands happen um, <clears throat> so that First, I think the first tour I did with them was late 2013. So this is like before they were on an album, so you were... Uh, a label called Thrill Jockey at the time, and had like three albums I think on Thrill Jockey. They did that and many albums before they were even. Yeah, yeah, wow. they've been a band for ten years almost now. Man, that's um, so weird. Yeah, a, a testament to just doing it for doing it. <laughs> yeah, doing it as long as you can. Um, but yeah, they they were just. Friends from Baltimore, Denny played drums on all their albums um, so far, and the few years before that. They'd never toured with a live, live drummer, though, which is smart coming from a DIY touring thing where you have to save as much money as possible, have as few people as possible, have as less stuff to carry around as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was really smart, mm-hmm. but yep. they yep. got to a point where they wanted to change things up, um, and they <clears throat> wanted to have a live drummer for shows. Um, yeah. And it already built like a pretty big following, like on this in this circuit for years and years and years, you know. So they had, you know, they were at they, they had had booking agents, had a label, you know. Hey, we're we're doing it on with with you know 
people helping, people booking, like that kind of thing. But they really wanted yeah. to just kind of step it up more if they could. Um, so they dropped from Thrill Jockey and recorded the album just kind of on their own without having a label or anything uh, backing mm. it in the first place. So they had, they were just recording when in late 2013, and they came back from recording, and we did a tour, which was um, about two weeks, I think, kind of down south and up through the northeast and kind of back through the Midwest. Um, and it was super fun. Denny was playing drums. Um, Denny was like, they want a drummer. They're going to they're gonna tour. I'm going to go on tour with them. If they they kind of want to they kind of want a sound guy. If you like, I can ask if they want to if they want a sound guy. Like, if you can do it. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, check it out. Because um, I I was acquaintances with them. You know, I kind of knew the guys. That's wild, man. Another <laughs> in 2011 when I was gone on a tour, a guy named Chester Guazda who has worked with Dan Deacon a whole lot has a bunch of solo stuff that's awesome. Wow. Uh, plays plays in a band called Outer Spaces, which is really good. He is a, also a recording engineer producer guy from Baltimore here. Um, he has used my studio for a few recordings, and he recorded a Future Islands album called uh, On the Water here in 2011. When at I was the, gone at the front room? Yeah, yeah, at my place. Wow. Well, like drum tracking and a bunch of vocals and stuff. That's really cool. So you even got some Future Island recordings out of that building. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow. Leroy is on the album. He meows at no way! Because yeah, he had to, he That's stuck so in the cool, booth man. while uh, someone was doing vocals. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Leroy, yeah. man, he's a legend. <laughs> so, so I'd known these dudes. You know, we're acquainted. The bass player William plays has another band uh, called Peels, which is really cool, and I've seen play a bunch. Um, uh, so we just kind of like knew each other vaguely, and mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this. Like these guys are cool. Like we're friends. Well, it's. I'm like yeah. I would I only want to go on tour with people who are friends you know what I mean I'm kind of not yeah. like a professional like I don't want to just kind of pick up any touring sound job that's not I'm much more of a studio dude um, so we did this thing in, t in 2013 they booked more tours for you know the spring um, and over that winter 4AD got involved with the album and so they were going to put out this album um, and through through them and through just different you know, different bookers and people getting involved and like publicists and stuff, uh, who are all have all been like doing a pretty cool, legit job for them, you know, like yeah, getting dude. on stuff that's worth it. They booked this Letterman show. Uh, it was really last minute, had to cancel the first day of a tour. It was basically the tour. It started in early March and we're going down to South by Southwest and back. Um, so we were like, okay, we're doing this Letterman show of the first tour. Like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, found out like a week before or something. And, Drove up to New York, wow, did man. the show. Like, it starts at 8 in the morning. Like, you have to load in and start setting everything up, like, really early. So we do this thing all day. Like, we do the show. I'm basically, like, just kind of checking out what's going on because we all had never really been in this kind of situation before. I was down in the broadcast booth, basically, just, like, uh, kind of making sure the mix was okay for TV, like, making sure, like, uh, it wasn't going to be totally whack. Some guy who'd never heard this band before. Hanging with Paul. <laughs> yeah. But um, it turned out really great. <laughs> Down in the mixing room during the performance, everyone was like, cool, that was great. In my head, I was like, cool, they didn't screw up. Like, all right, that's fine. We got to go. Because <laughs> we were driving back to Baltimore that night, or trying to drive Wait. as far as we could that night. So we left immediately after so the show you, and just left. So you guys did, did Letterman and immediately just packed up and bounced. Yeah, we had to drive. We drove down to Baltimore to pick up two other people we were touring with, managed to catch the broadcast of the show, like driving out of the city um, at this bar with like two people in it to so pull up right next to the bar. Like, oh crap, it's 12.15. Like, let's jump inside and watch. 
And so we went in there and watched. We're like, cool. Oh, that's and, hilarious. And then drove. I think we finally stopped in Richmond because a friend of theirs, uh, or outside Richmond, because it was like 3 in the morning and we had to go to sleep. The next show was somewhere in North Carolina. But so we just drove all night in a blizzard. Wow, <laughs> man. And got a, a blizzard, no less. Oh my it gosh! Was some, it was some ridiculous <clears> thing. <throat> but um, That's wild, so over man. the next few days, it was just like, wow, what the hell is going on? People like are loving this. Like this is blowing up. It's it's hard to tell if people think this is a joke or not, or if they actually like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, when I saw the lead singer, just playing shows, and that's this is yeah. what they've done the whole time. This is what the band has always been. Like it's not they didn't like do something different, and now someone's like, oh, whoa, cool. Like it's always yeah. just been this thing that exists as its thing. It's an original thing, like, and it's always been that way. And they're still hmm. doing the same thing. You know? When I first heard them and saw the lead singer's uh, his you know his dance moves, yeah. and his death metal <laughs> growling like in the middle of his song, yeah. I'm like. What is this? <laughs> like, yeah, I know, totally. I'm sure I, people have reactions like that. It was like, I, yeah, my it was like it wasn't it wasn't like yeah, it's pretty cool. It was like I I don't hate this. No, it's amazing. But I don't like of, this. What kind is of, you, you kind of it's it's gripping. You just like I, I think it's totally. Like, I think it's that I really like the front man. The music's kind of here or there. You know, I could take it or leave it, but I think it's really just him. That really is like charismatic and no, totally. Really it's fun like fun to watch. It's this that's the show. It's like this. I thought for sure brings it. I, I thought for sure that yeah, was type of musical guest where Letterman was like, okay, that was <laughs> there was that. And at the yeah. end, I mean, Letterman no, like, jumped totally up. Man. He was like that. I remember him saying that was wonderful. What do you the think? Guys, I never heard the, him call a band yeah. wonderful before. The guys yeah. in the broadcast room were looking around like, huh? Oh, well, he, he never says anything. Like, like that's oh, interesting. Yeah. What does that mean? He's had, uh, yeah, and then you guys were you there when you, when they did live with Jules Holland? No, no, I didn't. I didn't go to that. I haven't been. I will be this summer, but I haven't. Uh, I couldn't believe they were on that show. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that was really fun too. I'm like, oh man, if you would have told me you were in that room, no, I would have been I like, yeah. "Dude, that's like a legendary." Show and, and there's room. a there's a sound guy in Europe that lives over there that they've used for like a few years to have somebody wow. over there so they don't have to buy a plane ticket for him, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't gone over them there haven't to Europe for any shows yet, but I think it will be this summer. So you're on tour with them and they're like stuff. Yeah. So you're so you're on tour with them and things are just starting to blow up and you're kind of feeling like something's happening with them as you're yeah yeah and this was. This stuff. On the way to South by Southwest, so we got to South by Southwest and played a bunch of shows, um, and it was crazy. There was people everywhere. Like it was hyped. It was, it was wow, wild. Man. It's so weird. Exhausting. That. Yeah, dude. But they put on such a good show <clears throat> that everybody who was at all these shows. There's so many. I've been to several South by Southwest, and there's a lot of hype and shit around a lot of things. And most of the time, it doesn't live up to it. Most of the time, it's just like, oh wow, this was a giant crowd of people, and this band sucked. <laughs> <laughs> But I think wow. I think a lot of them, a lot of the people who are at these shows, were like, "Wow, this was like this crazy hype thing, and it was uh, actually good." And there's there's something about being at their shows with, especially with more and more people nowadays, uh, where everybody just loves it and is feeling it, and you can't not like pick up on that when you're when you're there, like surrounded yeah. by all these people, and that's a pretty pretty cool thing, I think. Yeah, dude. That's so rad. And meanwhile, meanwhile, um, Rune Runner's still around, right? You're still doing something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I guess in early, so like early 2014, we um, 
we were still playing. Denny was on, still doing these tours. He doesn't do the drums for them anymore. It's another guy named Mike Lowry, who's a really awesome guy. Starting, mm. this was starting like last, you know, around that time. Denny did one more tour with him that I went on for like a month, where we played Coachella and uh, a bunch wow. of crazy shows. That's another big gig to get. Yeah, wow. that was that was massive. It was it was pretty. So pretty you got ridiculous. to be at Coachella Festival. Yeah, yeah. I it, I That's think rad, I man. felt at the time I described it as being in a. Uh, a bad remake of Apocalypse Now that stars Jared Leto. Because <laughs> Jared Leto was there, just yeah. like wandering That's around. And we were like in all these backstage areas, and there's like this skinny little Jesus dude in like a white silk outfit with like beautiful hair. Oh, God. And he's like five foot three, and you're like, who, who is Jared Leto? What the hell, man? Like, I want a tram riding to get catering with like uh, Jared Leto who's not looking at anybody and just talking to this like muscly dude next to him. I don't know, it was really bizarre and surreal. <laughs> So uh, funny. Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys was amazing. Their show was oh, ridiculous. Oh, cool, man! The Knife had a really crazy show that year. Wow. If you've ever, I don't know if you guys have ever like listened to the Knife, but I really like them. I've cool. heard them. Yeah, Swedish electronic thing. Um, a lot that's of cool that, shows. Man. Outcast, like, was lucky to see Outcast. Yeah, that's a rare performance. Yeah, that's so wow. cool. Wow. So, yeah, dude, you're like living. This you're like just like a band that real... I saw. I was like, oh, I saw this band. It's amazing. But I wouldn't have been able to, you know, when am I going to get a chance to see Outkast? You know? Yeah, seriously. That's crazy. So, at what point, um, Ideal Cities was already out, and you were you had already been doing a bunch of touring with Room Runner. Yeah, we went on the... Basically, going back and forth, or how's that yeah, work? Yeah, we did the... Well, we did Room Runner, we did the month-long tour in November of 2012. That was, like, our first, like, real like actual tour out to places we'd never been. Mm-hmm. Like the only time we'd been to the West Coast still. Yeah. Um, so we came back from that and immediately started recording Ideal CDs in December. And I think the reason it like actually, you know, sounds any good is because we had been playing all those songs for like a month straight, just every night, and we were really tight with them, you know. <coughs> yeah. Because we, we basically recorded the whole thing almost pretty much live, like the whole thing. Just guitar awesome. overdubs after the fact, but drums and main guitar stuff was all live. Like That's I cool. couldn't really record live bass with everything because I was also just standing behind my computer, <laughs> wearing my yeah. bass, to like and directing through the window. You know, <laughs> That's so I overdubbed so bass stuff later. But yeah. it took me until maybe January to be finished with it, and it came out in uh, May, I think, of of twenty thirteen. And got a really good response. Or just like yeah, Sean, did, man. Sean and Chris at at Fandeth were awesome, and Tracy were awesome with helping us just either get shows or like get things written about somehow. Or uh, yeah, you guys are like all over like big music blogs and stuff. And yeah, and it just kind of got picked up, up by more people. Yeah, yeah. Some of the reviews were a little like samey when they all just started saying like, "Oh, it sounds like Nirvana," or "Uh, these guys <laughs> yeah. have yeah. like uh, wear sweaters." Like the '90s are back. This dude likes sweaters. Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh yeah, but uh, there's so many cool bands that you should be mentioning so people learn about them that we obviously rip off. <laughs> you know, I that I was never because people I don't know I learn about bands and reviews like this sounds like some weird band like. Isn't that what a music nerd like reviewer should be doing? Is like showing off how many obscure, cool bands he knows. Yeah, about, a good like, one. With his reviews. A good one does, but know, instead, yeah. look yeah. what it's turned into. It, it was. It's turned into getting fans is wearing the right shirts or the wrong sweaters. Shut up, dude. Yeah. Does that have to do with anything? You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the Nirvana influence is definitely there, but I oh totally. 
I hear just as much of like polvo and stuff like yeah, that. Awesome. Like 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 weird. Like, certainly with the like bar chords uh, going in and out of tune, like that weird yeah. sort of like bending bending mm-hmm. notes you guys do. That's very similar to polvo. Yeah, totally. Uh, their sound. Also, Denny is a huge U.S. Maple fan. I think that like. Me too. I think that kind of informed a lot of weird, scronky stuff in the beginning. Yeah. And, and still now, kind of... You've mentioned them twice, and I've never even heard of U.S. Maple. I'm going to check that oh, out. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I haven't heard Chicago much from them. Yeah. 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 Um, there's hmm. a few just really, really good albums. It's like anti-rock. I don't know. It's so... It's it's totally the opposite end of what like a pleasing band should sound like, but you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like This sounds so wrong, but like, wait, this is like really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Just interesting, interesting man. Just yeah. guitars and singing and drums, but it's so off kilter and weird. I'll check it out for sure. It's pretty cool. If if, if uh, you guys are saying that's like in that same '90s weird ballpark, I'm definitely interested. Kind of. It's definitely not like heavy or anything like that. It's very avant. Uh, no, nah, it's cool for me, man. I don't need it to be heavy. I think you'd dig it. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I think you'd like it. Yeah, exactly. So, how did you get hooked up with Jay Robbins? Um, By the way, you're going on my hero my list. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. Well, we're obsessed Jawbox fans on this show, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and we, you're gonna go on my my blacklist of people I'm super <laughs> jealous of now. No, we've we've just <laughs> always wanted like all of us. The entire band is like huge fans of of him and all of his bands. Um, yeah. So when Travis we realized that yeah. his studio was here and like down the street from our hat from my place, basically, I, I celebrate um, his entire collection. Like, awesome, yeah. <laughs> that was an office space joke. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love, 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 love Channels. Channels is great. I yeah. love that band. I wish really unsung. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if like really performs any of it, Ugh. or like ever really did. That would have been great to see. So you just go up to him and say, "Hey, I'm in a band. And <laughs> I want to record. Can you yeah, well, it? or does he kind of, and choose?" Yeah. Well, we we ended up like. Getting a, we ended up like having a chunk of money. We had like a couple thousand dollars as a band and band money. We we're like, wow, this is crazy. What do yeah, we do with this? That's nice. Uh, huh? We have to like figure out something <laughs> to do with this. Um, that's not stupid, and we'll just waste it completely. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's throw a house van, party. <laughs> you know? Let's buy a yeah. shitty van. Like for the amount of money we had, we could get a crappy van that would be expensive and whatever, and probably yeah. not be worth it. You know what I mean? Right. So right. we're like, or we could like record. We don't really have a whole album yet. Um, it was really appealing to me to not record our record. You know, I was like, I really want to like experience this in by somebody who's like really good, and I don't have to worry about me being right. That's a good point. Yeah. So the song, the the thing was, the songs that we recorded had, were already like several months old, and we've been playing them out a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and they were like kind of slightly less like heavy, full bore heavy, you know, um, and it yeah. also more songs that we had like written as an entire group. Um, What's the name of the record? Separate. Or yeah, Separate. I, I, I have not go gotten that one. I gotta get um, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the record. How does this differ, differ from the, the last one? Uh, Recording-wise, it's, like, it's oh, different. Yeah. Or, like, songs, like, musically or recording? No, no, like, just sort of the overall sound yeah. of it, yeah. Uh, so I think it sounds awesome. Um, I definitely... Less uh, layered, like Ideal Cities had a few, a few guitar layers to like build this kind of wall of like gross scuzz sound, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, Jay Robbins has like an amazing room, so the drums are just this 
like sick '90s big room drum sound, which was because nice. it was a loud ass nice drummer in a huge nice room. And like, it was, uh, so it just sounds big in like what we hopefully sound like. You know, the first night we recorded, we went back and we're sitting in a car just listening to it outside my place. And we're like, "Is this us? Like, what the hell is going on? Is this our band? <laughs> we sound like this? Holy shit! It's hilarious. Damn." Because we just did pretty much everything live to, like, tape. So, like, the rough mix, like, this unprocessed rough mix that we got, we're just like, holy crap. It's like, awesome. This sounds huge. Because um, Jabe is the man who records big, crazy, like, big guitar bands. You know what I mean? Right. It was just yeah, like, yeah, totally. Aesthetically, like, what he does matched with what we were looking for and, like, what our songs were turning into, like, so well that it was, like, a no-brainer, you know? And it was just yeah. stars aligned that he was down the street and we actually had enough to pay him for like five days or whatever. What is he it just kind of turned into. He was a. He seemed to dig all of it. He was really into it. He That's gave cool. me compliments on Ideal Cities and stuff, and I was like, oh, oh, "Thanks, man." <laughs> yeah, had, um, that's so ridiculous. Did you play yeah, it cool, or did you make that? Cool? I tried to play it cool. I guess um, I was like intimidating, <laughs> but I was also like, I don't want to like nerd out, and I don't want to like hover, and I don't want to like. I was like paying attention, and you know, to like things he was doing, and. But I didn't purposely like bug him and nerd out about details, you, and I didn't want to. You didn't, I didn't go like be that guy in the session. And plus, we only had, we had limited time too. Like, it was it was expensive right. <laughs> for us. Like he still like, gave us a deal, and it was like it was expensive for like a band that isn't yeah. like a band that has tons of money backing them. You know, that's just how it is. Right. But yeah. it it is worth it because it sounds great. And Jay was like such. He was just really cool to work with. Had a like awesome ideas for to, to get like the session rolling you know that kind of thing we know about recording so us the band having perspective on that was good i think yeah. we were able to get a lot of done real quick because we knew what to do you know i had been right, right. recording us for a long time and lots of other people so it's like we've you know we've recorded like we know like what we're doing um and it was mostly just like we just wanted to capture these songs like and play them loud <laughs> in a big place right. and not have That's to awesome. have me stress out for months trying to mix it. You know what I mean? Yeah. While you're on tour with... Yeah. yeah. Why you're with David Letterman's... You know, the band isn't going <laughs> to pay me to, like, 
do work like i'm not gonna have like okay cool like i'm gonna i'm gonna take this band money for myself because yeah I exactly did this yeah. it's like no i can't really do that <laughs> um so it was it was great overall it was a really awesome experience i don't know jay's so still cool, like man. someone i look i really look up to like in a lot of ways like not just in the studio and musically but he's just a really good yeah. guy came to our release show he, yeah we talk about him like every week <laughs> really <laughs> just comes well, up I mean, he, you know dc dc baltimore like this area you know southern pennsylvania that's this was the zone for jay robbins bands you know what i mean yeah dude uh, totally it's all the way coming back Discord to like, records government issue has spread Discord. yeah mm -hmm. totally Jay was somebody who several years ago I emailed out of the blue without ever talking to or knowing him, just looking for a place to intern or to hang out and learn about recording. Or, And he emailed me back um, and just said sorry he wasn't able to, like he doesn't have people in the studio like that. You know, He wasn't able to do it at the time. Mm -hmm. um, did so you tell him about that cool when you saw him? I did. Yeah, I don't know if he remembered. Maybe I think he pretended to remember and apologized. But also, get out! Get out of my studio! His 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 son has a has a, a genetic disease that's and I, I don't oh. know all the details of it. Um, but he's really? lived a lot longer than he's supposed to. Yes, I didn't know that. Inspirational, oh. awesome, like little dude. Wow, but, man! So, so he he was busy with learning about his son's like you know bad disease at the time that I was emailing like, emailing him trying to set something up. So I don't blame him for being like no, yeah. I'm not really doing that because he kind of wasn't recording for a while at that point. I think like not you know. Um, but his son, wow. I've seen a lot of pictures and like heard many stories of his son being like this really awesome little guy that's like defied all the odds, you know. And he seems is like he better amazing health dad, now? You know? Uh I don't know exactly. I know he's like, I'm sure he's still dealing. It's like a neuromuscular disease, I think. Spi spinal muscular atrophy. Yeah. Oh in man. Incurable nerve disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So I'm sure it's extremely difficult, and he still yeah. is playing music. Putting, running a really good studio, making amazing recordings. That Coliseum record is retardedly good. <laughs> yes, it is. It's so good. It sounds um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So he's continuing to be an amazing dude. Like, and just someone who we all should really look up to. He's really good. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I totally. Uh, absolutely. Jay will never hear this. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We should send him a. Call. We're actually contacting him to be on the show. <laughs> Talk about him so much. You should. Oh, you really should. <laughs> yeah, you totally should. Yeah, man. I, I so hope what, to be able to like, like do work in his studio at some point. Like when I can kind of step up enough for myself to like feel good about being there. You know, work uh, that w that would be great. I just I'm not sure if I'm ready. I, mean, I don't really have projects yeah. that are like could afford to really do that. Honestly, it's like a big. It's like a good thing yeah. that I have found with my studio is that I can keep it cheap enough to like uh, get things done rather than like. You know, have people like break themselves in order just to get a record done. You know what I mean? Right, I've right, always right. like wanted yeah. to help out people more than like wanted to make money, because <laughs> I definitely have not made like I don't feel like I'm not like making making money for myself. I'm like making being able to like have a business function, which is pretty cool. Uh, but it still means yeah, that man. I have zero money for myself. <laughs> well, you've definitely hooked me up many times, man. And I no, and it's awesome. It. And those were like. Amazing learning experiences because, like, I wasn't good and I didn't have any good stuff. Like, especially when we first recorded, like, who knows? Like, I've just like I've been able to kind of like learn how to do things because I could be like, hey, come and record with me for free, or like, uh, like specifically the band Dope Body. These guys lived in my building. Uh, I saw them play in some incarnation, you know, and I was like, 
you guys are amazing, like just ridiculously good musicians. Um, yeah, you're just broke kids. Like, come and record with me. I don't care. Like, I just I'm trying to get better at recording. Come and record with me because I love your music. Um, and I've been working with those guys for years and years and years now with their solo projects and different stuff, you know, and they're really good friends uh, on top of all of it. So stuff like that really is the whole reason that it's like actually happening in some ways. We, we finally finished our record and I, I sent one yeah. for you for Seth to give you. Hopefully he, he gave it to you. Yes. Hell yeah. So you, so you finally did get a copy of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 that was a long I'm, time. I'm so happy that it actually happened. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, how many demos of demos <laughs> not as happy did you do of, of that song? Yeah. Yeah, what, Travis? Not as happy as you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> right, well. yeah. What do you um? What do you remember about? We don't have to keep this in podcast, but what what do you remember about um when we came in to record that seven inch? Uh, I was oh man, I remember that. Uh, your drums sounded sick. Like your drums sounded just brutal like in the room with you playing them and that was like made it so it'd be like oh cool like i can record this and it's gonna sound good because <laughs> oh like, wow i wasn't expecting you to you say that Thank sounded you. awesome <laughs> oh great i remember like, you broke into the death metal uh blast beats and i remember everybody in the room being like yeah metal <laughs> i kind of have that memory when you yeah, did the blast beats. fill this place with blood from vengeance is not a slow song i was i was no. motor, i was motoring i was like i was like dan the good news is we're only going to get about two or three times because yeah, really. i can't keep doing this all day. my leg is locked up yeah, yeah exactly cramp up dude yeah. uh, well like i've always been fortunate enough to have like recording drums is hard uh, and i still don't think i'm amazing at it but i've fortunately been around awesome drummers which is like 90% of having recording sound good mm -hmm. and, that is such a huge deal. Steven's a good drummer. Like Steven, you're a good drummer. Like you can record Thank drums you. and have them sound like like someone who knows how to play drums is playing. You know. Mm -hmm. oh, thanks, man. <laughs> and like how to Thank hit you. a drum and how to like make a drum sound like it should because a microphone isn't gonna fix that. Nope. You know. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. And I remember, I remember hanging out there. We when uh, the Huntingtons came in there and did some tracks. With yeah, you, that was that which was, was so random. <laughs> that, was, that was such a that weird, was kind of bizarre. I remember that. That was a weird. Those day, were man. earworm. Those are such hooky earworm songs too that like I would just have them in my head constantly for like months after that. And I'm sure if I heard them now, I'd be immediately just like ah ah. <laughs> I remember, I remember liking how they came out. I remember they were like raw yeah. and like yeah. a different sound for them because they had recorded so many albums in the same place. Yeah. And they actually recorded at Clay Creek Recordings, which is where we did the Modern Music record. So like that yeah. whole sort of sound was very midi and very dry. And I remember, um. Liking how it, how the Huntington sounded in in, cool. in the room, them. So yeah, it was a little more roomy, a little more like yeah. like live band, I guess. Yeah, man, you got your you got your hands on some a lot of different. You've you're actually engineer wise, even there's a little bit of your work on the Human Comedy record of ours. Cause oh, cool. We we recorded uh, keyboard things, yeah, yeah, samples and stuff at your place. That I ended up converting to WAV file and putting on our records. I mean, nice. you're. Your influence is through. Yeah, I mean, you're you're on the record in that sense. Sweet. Okay. He probably didn't even realize like some of these records you're that are on your shelf. How much you're kind of you know. Nice. No, that that's always awesome. Yeah, man. You're 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 like a hardworking music dude, and it it's just amazing how much crap you've been doing the last few years, dude. Like. Yeah, it's it's a lot of it is Baltimore, like with 
shit happening, you know. And it was a lot of the shit like, happening, yeah, seriously. Uh, oh, being yeah. thrown in the middle of this kind of thing where mm-hmm. a lot of people revolving around, you know, taking advantage of this building, being able to do what you kind of wanted to and, like, be yeah. weird and make your art, you know. Because, yeah. like, I, I want to I've been here a long time, and I'm super jaded about this building, honestly. Like, it, it drives me crazy. Like, there's so many things I can't control about it. Like, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I... Like it's ridiculous to be here. <laughs> if I didn't have the studio or anything, there's no, I would be a, a, like miles away from this building because like it's also very toxic in a in a in a in a way that like you can kind of do whatever you want here and you can easily get sucked into just sitting in a cave with parties around you, you know, or like getting sucked into some dark places, you know. Sure, it's yeah. definitely possible here. Um, so I mean, it's a great place for the music part of it. I mean, like yeah. I mean, it's. Such no, a rad like place to hold and jam. The whole freedom of of like this building, kind of hopefully, like I don't know. People say when they're coming record that it's like so, I don't know, relaxing or like so cool, like just an interesting vibe. You kind of forget that you're in the middle of this giant like industrial building, which yeah. I like. I like having that. I I kind of like how like <laughs> how blown out the exterior is when you can come into like a place that's really comfy. Hopefully. Right. Like yeah, that's, totally. that also comes across on recordings is comfort level. If you're nervous and bummed out and anxious and not liking where you are when you're performing, like you're gonna perform like crap, you know? Yeah, totally. Which can is ask, a lesson hard learned for a long time. Can I ask a really random question? Um, yeah. You were on the road with the Baltimore riots, right? I I was gone. Yeah, I was in New York. Actually, we left to do the second Letterman show the Monday afternoon. Basically, when it was like starting, yeah, I called you to do this show, and you were in the letter. I was in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> what what like, is wow. it like? Like we what? were taping that day, or taping? What? Yeah, taping that day. It was Tuesday. It was all of us were really concerned, and you know, because we we're. I was sure. like looking at Twitter on the phone, which is where I get all my news, and I was like looking at Twitter, and I was like on the drive up, and I was like, "Holy crap! Like, what is happening? This is crazy." Yeah. So then we got on the news, yeah. and I follow a lot of people in Baltimore who were actually like firsthand there. Uh, just local reporters and photographers and stuff. And so seeing what they were posting and then seeing what was on CNN later was pretty disparate. That was, you know... the Yeah, local and... Night, nightly news definitely blew it way, way up. Not that it wasn't, not that yeah. it wasn't a real serious situation, but, you know, the n- nightly news on cable is not, not the best judge. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, the just, the it sensational... Really Future Islands is donating a, a ton of money... To, they, they put up an auction for all the Letterman cue cards and Sam's shoes that he wore on eBay to raise, and they're going to match whatever gets bid on eBay to give to a, a Baltimore organization that is like a legit awesome. great neighborhood no, organization. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, man. So we were all just like, holy crap, like what is happening? Like we got to, this is what it's going send on. Us, like, yeah, send us any links, anything like that, and we'll, we'll post all cool. that stuff for sure. Definitely, yeah. If I'm not sure a, if that's like still going on, or because it was online, like you know, in the last couple of days, it might be over right now. If there's any sort of charitable Baltimore thing that you prefer, oh sure, I can give you like a list of stuff if you want. For some reason, somebody listens to this, reads the show notes, and they feel compelled to throw five dollars. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Tell me, tell me where to tell them to throw it, and I'll put the cool. link up there. You know, cool. Definitely be happy will. to. Absolutely. So what, what's new for what's next for you, man? I, it looks like. Like I just I just finished up some some cool records. Denny from Ruminer has a side project that started last fall uh, with some other friends of ours from from town. Uh, that's really beautiful, heavy, slow music. That's 
Reminds me a lot awesome. of like low or stuff like that. Nice, um, nice. Low mm-hmm. plus like Jesu. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that makes Ooh, any sense. If you're cool, listening man. to Jesu, oh, yeah, yeah. Jesu. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's finally done. It took a long time to finish, but it's finally done. And hopefully, I think Sean Gray, the same guy who helped us with Runner, is going to release that on his. He has a new label called Accidental Guest. He's put out a bunch of interesting nice. shit. But uh, that was like an EP that's going to come out. It's finally done. I recorded a band uh, a few weeks ago called Romantic States who are from Baltimore. It's a two-piece. It's a guy and his wife. Really cool, like, like zombie pop. (laughs) That's a bad way to describe it. Uh, But just really, like, stripped-down, loud, quiet, loud guitar songs. Just a guitar and drummer and singing. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. Lyrics that kill you, you know, like, really good really good stuff. It was just a two-song, like, seven-inch thing. I'm looking forward to hearing that when it's out. That's um, rad, man. A band from New York called Big Ups. Um, like trying <laughs> to finish their album soon. Uh, really good, kind of kind of post punk, noisy Chicago lizard style kind of stuff. Nice, uh, nice. And they they do it well. Like really, really smart dudes. Really good dudes. And hopefully, I'll like do justice to their record because that's a record that's actually going to get reviewed and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, that's oh. really cool. So you are still actively recording a lot of like current yeah. things. Oh, yeah, trying to. Yeah, um, I, like I don't advertise or anything, so like you know, people get a hold of me, which is always kind of blows my mind. Still, that people are like, "Hey, uh, I don't know you." Like for for many years, it was like, "Oh, cool, like my friend is doing this thing, and he asked me to like help him." Cool, I'll do that. And then when it started yeah. to become people who I didn't know, uh, it was still a little weird to me. So like, oh right. wow, okay. Word of mouth, I mean, man. You can't compete. Yeah, and I kind of, I don't know, I kind of like, maybe I'm being like real hard-headed about it because I'm kind of hard-headed about a lot of things. But I'm like, now I'm like, ah, oh, there's no point. I'm not going to advertise ever. I'm not going to do it. It's it's the only right. like, it's the only real way. But I don't, who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> no, I, I think I, you're I, I'm just kind of grabbing right. whatever I can do, so. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, it was really cool having you on the show. and uh, Thanks, man. This is there anything else you want to you want to throw out or promote or anything or? Um, I don't know. Are you going? When are you leaving? I don't have a huge like ton of stuff. Um, I'm mostly going to be touring with Future Islands a lot over the next couple of months. Uh, like going this weekend, going down to Alabama for a festival, and then the weekend Thanks. after that, going to. I would Pacific, love having a job doing something. Going like to Sasquatch Festival in Pacific Northwest. Yeah, just and, and a bunch of festivals in Europe, I think, in July. Oh, cool, and man. Mostly just like every – they're playing kind of every big festival that's like happening this year. So we're just, just going to be going around with them for a lot of that stuff and trying to kind of get Room Runner stuff going when I'm home and record more whenever I have chunks of time to do it. That's you know, so I feel cool. super blessed that these guys – I don't know. I, I look up to Futurons guys a lot just because they have been so committed for like so many years and are actually like really good. And it's hard to like, I don't know. It's hard to explain to somebody when like 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 you, I don't know, that it is surprisingly organic way that they have been successful. You know, mm-hmm. no, that no, I actually hear you. Yeah. A ton of work, and hopefully mm-hmm. that means that they can continue to be successful and not like have it just blow out really quick. Because I've seen that firsthand too. You know, yeah, it's totally. very or or something that was kind of put together in a weird way or something that's not really genuine that was just kind of made to in order a vessel to like be in the music business you know what i mean yeah yeah and it's like i don't there there's not really there's not really a shred of that with those guys at all yeah. and I, I really like 
think that says a lot, and I'm, I hope that it continues. You know, they haven't changed as people at all that I've seen, so it's, my, that makes me my really sister, happy. <laughs> uh, Jesse, my sister-in-law, for those who yeah. don't know, Jesse, um, she's and she lives in Baltimore. For those who don't know, um, she she says that she's she's friends, mutual friends with them, and that oh, they're yeah, like yeah, the nicest really well guys. Totally. Yeah. She says they're like she's like it couldn't have happened to a nicer group of guys. Totally. No, that's that's the yeah. thing. It's like I I wouldn't be working for them if they were at the same level of like you know working and having work available for me, and if they were like jerks, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've got yeah. plenty to do, man. Like I, it would have been cool. Like I'm, I wouldn't be doing all even I wouldn't be doing all these crazy crazy traveling and stuff even if, like, I I don't know. It's just because they're like really good dudes and good friends. Yeah. that's rad, man. That's cool. Like that you got your, you got a good job like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be into it. I would be miserable, so I wouldn't want to do it. I think I think Future Islands would 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 fall apart if if that's the kind of band they were. You know, like they, sure those kind of bands never last, man. They just they get so dysfunctional and. No, totally. And I'm sure there's a ton of pressure on them right now. Like, what are they going to do next? You know what I mean? Yeah, the new record, right? they got to follow that up and do something new, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... It's been a while, right? Since they've had a record out? Yeah, that one came out over a year ago. And they've been touring on it since then. And probably going to tour on it the rest of the year and write more. I think that's the plan. They put out some new music. Actually, I was there to... um, I went to Austin for South by Southwest for them this year. And they were recording with Jim Eno from Spoon, who's the drummer from Spoon, has a studio. So they recorded with him uh, two new songs. Nice. And they turned out really awesome. He has a really cool studio. Seemed like a really cool guy to work with. That is rad. That's really well. another big name. Yeah. I was just luckily luckily able to like go and stop by the studio and be like, wow, this is cool. And, like, take a bunch of pictures and be a nerd. Yeah, dude. It's cool to have a, have a job where you, you, know, you get paid, but you, you get to travel, you get to do... Totally. It's totally. music related, you know. It, I feel super. You don't lucky. have to be a rock star to, to do all that, which is cool. No, you don't Pressure's have to be a off. jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to be an asshole, like when you're doing it either. Like that's that's another thing. Like being in all these situations, like wow, like uh, uh, if you're nice, people are nice to you. It's not difficult. <laughs> uh, if you make it easy for people, then they're happy and everything feels yeah. good, and no one's a jerk and no one's like flexing and no one's. There's plenty of like. Uh, there was a show at South by Southwest where it was in a tiny little place, and there was this like soul singer guy ahead of us. We were waiting for him to finish, and his tour manager guy was running around like being a giant prick to everybody and like kind of yelling <laughs> at people and saying like we're gonna take longer than we need and like I don't know. It was it was a shit show. Um, yeah. But like, uh, I don't know. Everybody was nice to us and not to that guy. It's hard to be. It's hard to be mean to people who are really nice. That's yeah, true. Yeah, and it just seems like yeah. a, a given, honestly. Yeah, I feel like your success is a, a, a testimony in that too, because I mean, <laughs> you, you've always been uh, such a great guy to people that were like, oh, "We can't yeah. afford to record," yeah, and hey, I have a studio, I'll come hook you up, and, yeah. and it's paying off. This is this is also, yeah. You know, I mean, there's also like a struggle in my head that I constantly have, where I'm like, oh, "Am I worth this?" Like. What can I even charge somebody like for what I'm doing? I still am right. like, I'm not a real pro, you know. But then I'm well, like, wait maybe, a second. Uh, maybe you're getting paid in karma, you know. I mean, you're, you're finding some <laughs> success now. So I mean, like, how, true, yeah. however, whatever your system of faith is, I mean, yeah. you put good in, you get good out. It's oh, it's I totally not, believe it's that. not complicated, you yeah. know. I would tell you the worth. 
<laughs> you're you're worth about it, but but then I I would I would lose a, a recording opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dan, you're worth a lot per hour, Dude, unless, it's, unless it's, it's unless it's on teachers or anything Stephen related, and then <laughs> yeah. you know we'll bring you uh we'll bring you ginger ale or something. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want Turkey Hill Turkey Hill tea. Oh right yeah, yeah. I can bring oh, you plenty uh, of Turkey Hill tea. I'll bring you buckets of Turkey Hill tea. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do you one better, man. When next time you come visit, I'll take you to the Turkey Hill factory. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it's on the same road as my house. Nice. So there. I need go. to get up. I haven't been up to that zone in a really long time, and I've yeah, man, come, to. I've come, really been come hang to. out. Yeah. Like I don't get an opportunity to hang out with Seth and Jesse as much as I want to either. Like especially after like, yeah. all these years. Well, if you get some time, let me know. We'll 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 barbecue up or something and hang out yeah, in the summer or something. Awesome. If Absolutely. You're ever, if you're ever anywhere near the Lehigh Valley, Allentown, a little bit north of Philadelphia, cool. okay, say something. Well, we should, I want to book like a VFW or something up there. I, that's what I want my next tour, like a rumor tour, to be, would just be like VFWs and stuff. Dude, we played I know. in Harrisonburg. Oh man, we can do that here in a church, and it was <laughs> awesome. That was actually one of my favorite shows. Was in Harrisburg, PA. Yeah, Harrisburg's got a cool, cool little thing going on too. Yeah, I might be sure. able to assist with that. Yeah, yeah, that could be cool. Cool, cool, man. Well, thanks for thanks for spending some time with us tonight, man. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Really yeah, good thanks time. For taking, thanks for taking time out of your obviously ink <laughs> schedule. I mean, when Stephen contacted you, you were like, "Hey, I'm at Letterman. I'll call you back." <laughs> uh, when Stephen told me that, I was like, "Yeah, right." No, no. And then seriously. I have days. <laughs> then I have days like today where it's like I need to. I, I should be making myself. I'm just alone in the studio all day, so I'm like, I should be making myself like finish mixes that are long overdue and like chip away at stuff that needs to be done. And I'm like uh, playing like SimCity on my phone for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna talk to them tonight. Uh, what should I talk about? And, like a couple hours later, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I went out to get a sandwich, and now I'm like, I'm screwing it up. Like I need to get. I need to make myself work uh, when I'm alone more. Nah. It's, it's oh, man. It, lacking. <laughs> you got to rest up before you hit the road again. True. <laughs> you got to decompress. Yeah, That's definitely. true. And what better way than to talk to us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Cool, man. Well, keep in touch with us and and uh, let me know. Like I said, let me know when you're around. We'll, we'll we'll maybe do some dinner or something. Hang out. Yeah, definitely. Get some turkey hill tea. <laughs> Oh, I love turkey hill green tea. It's the best. Cool, man. Well, Travis, why don't you close us out, and then we'll uh, get going. Close, close you out. All right. Um, <laughs> sounds like, oh, like I'm supposed to cash any, out my drawer. Any, in, any in house, uh, a, that that sounds like the 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 Bill O'Reilly meltdown thing. Have you seen that? Uh, it's like, to play <laughs> us out. To play. What do you play us out? Well, he doesn't know what that means, and it like really, he freaks out. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> So uh, we're gonna take it over here. We're gonna we're gonna have Bill <laughs> Bill O'Reilly play us out. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks, All right, thanks man. again. Yeah, thank you, dude. That is it for us today. Okay, I don't know what. Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. There's no words there to play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. What is for credits? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go. Go. In 5 4 3 That's tomorrow and that is it for us today and we will leave you with a I can't do it.
We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Right. Thing sucks. We love you. Take care. Bye bye.